I'm here today on Sketchbook Notebook with Robert Liverford, who has work featured in magazines from all over the world. So we're very honored to have you as our guest. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My artist and illustrator. Um, so I, I've got the picture. I've got the pictures of your sketchbook that you've sent me. Yeah. I'm going to bring those up on my screen now, and I probably should explain that we're hosting this uh, <laughs> during lockdown, and so we're doing it through Zoom and recording it um, on the computer, so, you know, apologies for any sound quality, and yeah. also apologies for any delays. <laughs> um, so, basically, what... Is, what strikes me from the from first view of your sketchbook is that you use text and image. Yeah. And I just wondered if maybe you could could talk a little bit about that. I mean, what come what comes first for you, or is it combination? Well, I mean, they, they uh, yeah, I think the, the sketchbooks do have quite a specific look, and they didn't always have that look. Um, and to kind of go back to how it all started. So I used to do sketchbooks in a, a more, like ripping stuff out and rubbing stuff out and editing all the time. And um, um, if I didn't like something, then it would go in the bin. You know, it was all, it was a more fluid kind of um, evolving drawings. But I realized at some point that I was always editing and I was always in the process of making pictures and kind of using craft right. to, um, so that I would be happy with the results. And if I didn't like the result, then I would tear the page out and put it in the bin. Um, right. And I remember reading about how Jack Kerouac wrote On the Road and it was, you know, he wrote on a 120 foot piece of paper in one continuous stream for three weeks. Yes. Uh, and I just found that idea very attractive because it was that kind of stream of consciousness that you don't edit, you just do it. And warts and all is how it is. So at that point, I started using ink in my sketchbooks because you can't edit ink. Every mark you make is there for good. Um, and um, and then I'd often do kind of, you know, just reportage sort of drawings and then slowly started adding words. And the words were more kind of like, because um, when you're drawing, you get in that kind of reflective state and it was, they're kind of earworms that just stuck in my head. And sometimes there were other people's quotes or I would misquote people or um, just words that just went round and round when I was drawing and then I'd just draw them on the sketchbook as well. So sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't. So it's, you know. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, that interests me because one of the notes that I have about your sketchbooks is that honestly, any one of these I would hang up on the wall. <laughs> it don't necessarily look as though it's a, it's a work in progress. They, yeah. they seem, some of them seem very completed. And, yeah. and so I guess what would be the next? stage that you like what you know what would be your next editing stage or or well i mean i used to even that so i think that's one of the problems isn't it? so 
even to send you the sketchbooks, I kind of ed also, or oh, I won't send that one to Gretchen, that's a bit ugly. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I only sent you the ones that, for some whatever reason, that I liked. Um, yeah, okay. Which, you know, so I'm trying to move away from editing what I do and just trying to be, you know, like an innocent in the world and just do it and, and however it turns out. But it's quite difficult to stop yourself from rewriting, re you know, it's just a constant process. Yeah, it is. And so what would be the process of taking one of these ideas from your sketchbook and then making a, a canvas of it? Because I I went to your exhibition in the summer, yeah. which seems like so long ago. Yes, doesn't it? Where we could actually socialise without distancing. Um, and I can see a lot of the same imagery and ideas um, from these sketches, you know, when I think of your canvases during that time. So how do you make, what's the process of making this a bigger collection of work? Um, I can't, well, yeah, I kind of, they're the same thing, but different. So I don't, the sketches aren't necessarily work and drawings for the canvases. Right. Um, because when I, paint a canvas again I start to edit um, because I just can't avoid it so um, I haven't found a way so much where I can just paint a canvas and just go that's it it's done because it'll be sitting there in the studio and be like oh I've just changed that bit or just, you know. <laughs> and that's what I find hard was in the sketchbooks I find it the more ephemeral I suppose and so I can I feel more relaxed about saying it's done just leave it move on to the next page um, whereas the paint, paintings are never quite finished as far as I'm concerned and I've even like sold paintings to people and then been round to their house for dinner or whatever and then been like oh do you mind if I just I was <laughs> Like and do, they, do they always let you, or are uh, they like, well, no, I don't know what it is? <laughs> it means taking things out of their frame and off the wall, yeah. and it's supposed to be down there for dinner, so it's, it's not the best. <laughs> you know. I think one of my favourites um, is, now I know this is from when you were in Canada, and it's, we were together, I forget the rest. Yeah. Is that... Is that a quote from someone, or is that your own? Because that's... Well, no, yeah, no, so I think, so I was saying about Jack Kerouac, but I was, when I was like a teenager a long time ago, um, I used to listen to Bob Dylan, that was a big thing, and I kind of got into the beat poets after that, so I was reading Ginsberg, and when I read Howl, I was just kind of like, so excited by it because it seemed yeah. so rock and roll, you know. Yeah. But that story we were doing like Wordsworth and Shelley and Shakespeare and that, and then to read something like Ginsberg was like, oh my god, this is the rock and roll of poetry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have all these phrases that get stuck in my head, and then I'm not sure is that someone else's words? Is it mine? I don't know. So and then sometimes I kind of I write something down and then it's a kind of it's it's just like misquote of someone else. Um, yeah, I, I mean I, I actually do that too, but then yeah. it becomes it becomes your own. Really. Yes, it's, well this is it. I don't know at what point it you know. 
because that that phrase I thought that sounds very familiar. It's come from somewhere, um, and it sounded too good to be me. You know? No, I don't think so at all. Lunch. Okay, that's great, Ida. Thank you. I'm just doing the slide. Right. Goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> control this to an extent so um, especially working in it like my sketchbooks tend to be kind of a four size and if I was well, like sometimes when I work on big watercolor paper I have more control because there's more space but if I'm on location I don't like taking big bits of paper so a sketchbooks much more convenient um, but then just you know the nature of the thing there's always going to be accidents and Often the accidents are the best thing about it. Yeah. So, you know. And so, do you use a little brush or? Um, yeah, I mean, I not it's not they're not particularly little. Often, um, ink tends to clog the brushes a lot, so they don't um, they don't wear well. So often they make kind of marks that you weren't expecting because you don't have the control because the inks clog the brush. Um, so right. that, you know, adds another dynamic to the drawing. Right. So I wonder if it's that, if it's that feeling, because one of the things I really like about, about your sketchbooks is that, um, and your work actually in general, is that it feels, it is able to like tiptoe between what is universal and what's really intimate. So it feels like intimate to you. But yet, it says something to me <laughs> as well, and 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 you know, it's that is such a difficult line to to straddle. And I wonder if it's because the use of ink and the and and like the taking from mistakes and the you know the inability to to edit or to hide or any of the. I, I wonder if that's what 
makes it f- have that kind of fizz to it, you know? Um, yeah. It seems very emotional, whereas a lot of the other sketchbooks that I've, I've looked at have almost, although they have, um, obviously everyone's, it, it is emotional because, you know, people are jotting down ideas, but they're mostly like outlines for yeah. larger projects, whereas these, they have each, each page has its, its own individual life. Like you said, it feels like complete. Um, um, yeah, I think maybe because I think a lot of artists have a very intellectual approach to how they work. Um, whereas I think mine tends to be um, more emotional, maybe, and the subject matter. And, um, and maybe that's why certain phrases or words are floating around my head. I mean, at the mm-hmm. moment, I keep having that line from the Joni Mitchell's um, Big Yellow Taxi, where she says, don't you always seem to go, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Yeah. And that, that's been going around my head for the, the entire time you've been um, under lockdown. Um, uh, so yeah. I keep thinking, oh, that's cute. I'm going to put that in a painting. I'm going to put, you know, because it's just floating around my head all the time. But clearly it's not my phrase, but mm. I think it's quite pertinent no. to what's going on. Um, is yeah and also again like you can you your imagery redefines that phrase so almost takes its own type of ownership to it and releases it in a different way you know as soon as you said those words I have that tone that rhythm in my head but if I were to see it um with your imagery in in your sketchbook say um, it would erase that rhythm and it would take a, a totally different beat to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's quite true. And that, yeah, and teaming something with certain subject matter can give it a new meaning as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I wondered where, you know, where the text in your sketchbook came from. Um, and I'm, I'm actually really delighted to know that it's like an amalgamation of lots of different things. <laughs> okay, so that, um, and because I don't plan, and because a lot of the drawings are kind of reportage that if I'm just, if I'm in, you know, at, at my friend's cabin in Canada and I'm, we're just sitting there by the lake and I'm doing a drawing, it's just the word that, um, phrases that come into my head as I'm doing the drawing. Um, and sometimes they don't, work and sometimes we do um i think i sent you one which i did in venice yes yeah let me um, and i thought that was an example of one that didn't work oh really okay because i was trying you know because i was thinking about venice and i was trying to find some words that summed up my feelings about venice as i was doing the drawing so, so I wrote it down, but it was that act of trying that actually got in the way of just that, you know, response. Yeah. So that is the simmering waters um, thread through the veins of history. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, what did you erase or what did you scribble out in this? Can you, you don't have it in front of you, do you? No. <laughs> I might be able to find it. I am. I don't don't worry honestly I just I think I think the things that you that you cross out they feel 
they feel pertinent too. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the rook uh, with wings as black as night. And those two um, little blotches where you've obviously crossed something out, yeah. it, it feels like that's purposeful. Yeah. You know? So again, with the Venice um, drawing, it, it feels purposeful that something's crossed out, which changes, which, which influences the text. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah, I kind of agree, and I did go through a phase of crossing out lots of words, because uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat does that a lot in his paintings, and I always felt like, in some way, that added something to the words he was using. And so I tried to... And then again, it felt too, like, how too contrived in a way. So I do do it sometimes now, but only when it seems the right thing to do. Right. And trying not to get in my own way, um, whatever that is. I don't, I don't, it's because they're so instinctive, I don't really, even talking about it seems odd to me because I'm not really sure what my process is. I wonder what it would be like if you took the same imagery or the same... Um, sentences and then you just almost cut it up and put them with different with different images and images. oh yes i think that's quite a, an interesting idea isn't it and yeah. i know like david bowie the way he wrote um, life on yes. mars yes that's with, right with with that cutting up approach um, and i always thought found that quite exciting and thought all oh, one of these days i'm going to do that mm. um, i've always wanted to do that too with some of my poems because it's almost like it, when you change um, the text, you you show what it's been, what it is, what it is, but then also like is what it's capable of being, yes. and, it, and it, you really break down, I guess that that idea of being like entrenched in a particular uh, vernacular. You know, yes. it just changes it. Like yeah. you can do. <laughs> A new, you can discover a whole new sentence, which I suppose you could do that with images as well. Yeah, and I think you know you, when especially when you've been doing it for a long time, you become very practiced at doing things in a certain way. Um, but that way of doing things can get in the way of new things, new ways of doing things. So um, it's good to shake it up. I think sometimes. Yeah, and that's surprise true. yourself. Yeah, that's right. But you know the thing. But what's nice is when it's recognizably yours as well after you've shaken it. Yeah. And because recently I've seen on Instagram literally the corner of a picture and I asked, I said, is that Robert Lurford's picture drawing? And it was. But it was probably like three marks on a corner of someone's candid shot of their computer. It's a picture hanging on the wall. And so I think... I have no idea what that image is, but I think that there's something really amazing about being so distinctive that you're picked out of, you know, a crowd of <laughs> of images and drawings. Well, I do, I kind of think that that happens quite naturally in a way, because I've done collaborations with other artists before, and I've been worried that they're going to overshadow me, that, you know, they have very strong styles and that people won't even know that I've contributed to the painting. Um, and yet, whenever 
that, that work's been shown, people have always known which bit side to it and which bit. You know. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, you know, all my fears about being overshadowed, you know, it just, I think it just happens quite naturally that people recognize what you do. Yeah. But that doesn't, I mean, that's not the case for for all artists. You know, it's, it is the case for, for your work. <laughs> and I think quite a, you know, a select few. But can you tell me, do you remember the picture um, Resisting Much? And yeah. it is of all the bungalows. So can you just tell me a little bit about that? Well, I think because when we left London, and came out to the Edgelands, suburbia. Um, I had a resistance to it, um, okay. and especially the landscape of bungalows. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was kind of like, is this really me? I'm a big city person. I, you know, I just couldn't. So that resisting much was my feeling of like, you know, not. Being not wanting to, you know, and I would still describe myself as a Londoner, um, and so not as a, a person living on the outskirts of Brighton. Um, so that was my resisting much, um, even though now I've kind of changed my mind about the whole thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because I wondered if that was if you if you'd done that after lockdown. <laughs> oh no no. <laughs> No, he's done a while before that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how how has lockdown you know changed the way that you use your sketchbooks, or are you going back? I guess it gives you time to go back through them. Um, I mean, you know, I suppose the one thing is I haven't actually been able to buy a sketchbook for the past month. Right. Um, so <laughs> I've been using up all the blank pages that I can can in the yeah sketchbooks I've got. Which is a good thing, yeah. but um, maybe chronologically they don't make as much sense as they used to because there's yeah these kind of COVID nineteen interruptions. <laughs> <laughs> you need to use a different color ink for your interruptions. So have you have you gone through and used um, so you've used the blank pages, but have you used blank space? Have you filled in blank space at all? Sometimes I add words after the event. Mm -hmm. um, I try not to do that, but sometimes I, you know, when I go back to things, I think, oh, I wish I'd put those words in there. Um, so I will do that. But um, in terms of actually doing, I do add some occasionally. I will add drawings if I think um, there's. I think there's one of some rocks I sent to you. Oh, is that with the head on top? Yes. So yes, I, I love that. Um, I added, so those were, they're called the Etrius rocks and they're in the high wheel, so I was drawing them and I did the words at the time, but then added the head when I got back home. Okay, so you drew the rocks, did the words and then added the head. Yeah. Why <laughs> did I add the head? I don't know. Um, because I said that it was something about the usual mistake. Yeah. yeah. And I think the usual, again, I don't know if that's my quote or not, but um, the usual mistake for me is the editing process. So I think the head was me saying, you, you, 
using too much head and not enough ball. Okay. Well, because the head is is balanced. Yes. Um, and the head is logic, isn't it? It's the mm. the opposite of instinct. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so. Well, well, anyway, I'll put these up on, on, yeah, yeah, on yeah. the website. But, um, I mean, the head is balanced. It doesn't look like it's like it's going to fall off. I suppose when I first read that, my my thought was, you know, falling off of something. Yes. Falling off of something solid. But actually, looking at it again now, and with what you've just said, it seems very fixed. The head seems very fixed in position, even though it's, you know, balancing on this little... I mean, I do like when I'm doing it is 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 the ambiguity, you know, to tread that line between people aren't quite sure what it's referring to, or mm -hmm. um, yeah, but you, you, know, you could take many meanings from what it's saying, and yeah. it's not necessarily my meaning is the best meaning. But also, you know, what's interesting is that I didn't when you first sent these over, and I was going through them, and. I didn't, like the head, I didn't notice right away. Yeah. And then I looked, I looked again. So I did have to do, I thought, oh, that's a head. At first, I just saw the, I, well, I, I am drawn to text. But at first, I was thinking about the text. And then, yeah, notice that secondly. So, but, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, so, I mean, apart from the beat poets, it's, and I think, maybe how epitomizes this is that it's that kind of magic realism where um you're describing the everyday world but it, it makes it something different yeah. um so i think like drawing those rocks i'm in an actual place drawing some rocks and then adding another level of meaning to it yeah that might be kind of magic realist if that makes sense i don't know it is, but it, it what I like about it is that it didn't happen all at once. Yes. And that it was different stages and so coming home and, and adding another and adding another piece. It just keeps it it just means it's like this long work in progress. Yes. Um and then going through and adding, you know, during COVID lockdown, <laughs> adding other little bits as well. Um because I guess I, I guess that's how that's how I work. I work too. Uh, I'm always going back and tinkering with things endlessly. And, and, and do you think it improves it or not? No, I don't. If I'm honest, I think it makes it worse often. Unless, unless, um, unless I just take that idea and start over. But if I if I rework and rework what is there, then I over intellectualize it, yeah. and so there's it loses its spontaneity, it loses its its universal intimacy, which is what I was you know talking about with your work. It loses that, and it just becomes like wrapped up in my own you know idea of what it should be, rather than just letting it be. The thing that it is and so so there is a danger in tinkering but but 
I don't know. What do you do? You think that it adds to it in your experience, or? I think. I think some artists make it do constantly tinker and um, and it, it you know they know how to do it and make their work better um, and what to edit out and what to you know what's but I because I don't really recognize what's good or bad about what I do um, sometimes when I'm tinkering I can edit out all the good bits and leave back yeah. and not even realize it so that's true that is a real that is a danger but with writing you you have to edit like you go back you, you know you go back through and edit yeah. and I guess in the I, I can spend you know years editing the same work and I have <laughs> over and over again <laughs> But then I'll find an original version, and then that will be the thing that that I put in yeah. <laughs> as the completed, you know, bit. But it's almost what you the process that you have to go through to understand what's good or what yes. it's you know to to make that judgment. Yeah, and often I've done that where I'm, you know I've done something and then worked on it for a long time and then ended ended up with the very thing I started with at the beginning. Mm. So, yeah. But with a new appreciation of the thing you started with. And also I find with like going back like in six months time or what and looking at a sketchbook or um, I actually look at it in a different way and the bits I, I then that reflection I can actually recognise more easily what's good and what's bad whereas at the time I can't. Yeah, yeah. Or what? What has meaning to you? And it. Yeah. And and it's, I guess. Yeah, I don't even like the word good or bad. I mean, it's kind of like what's authentic, I suppose, or what's to contrive. Exactly. Because what what I find is that the things that still um, that still like evoke a kind of emotional response or any kind of response from me is generally what's going to be uh, meaningful to somebody yeah. else. Yes. So it is important to put things away um, and revisit them. It's hard to do sometimes, but it is. I, I really, I have poems that I've been working on for 10 years, you know, and and I think that probably I'll work on them forever and I'll never see the light of day. But what they do is they, like, they lead to something else. Yes, yeah. And I guess you must have like images or vision, like a vision or something in your head that you, that you can never really put down on accurately on paper, but yeah. yet playing with it leads to something else. Yes, yes. That that's it's it's the kind of mystery that I'm always trying to fathom. That I'm going, I'm at, I'm trying to do something, and I'm not quite sure what it is. And mm -hmm. I kind of like not knowing what it is, because then it can surprise me. Um, but yeah, it is a constant search, trying to find that something, whatever it is, um, through the process of drawing. Yeah, yeah. Well, your your drawings are they are there is something very mysterious about them. 
um, they don't, there's something hidden, I suppose. That's what you get the sense that, that there is some, that there is. Maybe that's because I've worked so long as an illustrator, is there's a feeling of narrative or story in mm -hmm. a lot of the images. Um, and I quite like the thing where something's just happened or it's just about to happen or mm -hmm. you're not quite sure what the whole story is because you're just seeing this one little snippet. Um, and so you make up the rest of the story from that one image. Yeah, they do. They, they are, they, they do, I think, represent an, a narrative. Which is why, you know, it's, you're brilliant at illustrating books. <laughs> Which we should, we should talk about because we've released um, Daniel Atsi, which is what you've illustrated. So did you, so you presumably you read the book first and then yeah. you drew the illustrations. Yeah. Um, and did you have any idea, had you seen any photographs at all of uh, the places that uh, Philip wanted you to, to create or was it just complete cold, read the book, cold so kind of, Well, I suppose, so, I mean, I've been to Barcelona a lot um, over the years and Philip used to live in Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, and I visited him there as well. So I knew his relationship with the city um, and so I felt like I knew Daniel's relationship with the city as well. Um, okay. And my drawings, when, when I'm drawing to a book like that, I try not to illustrate what's happening in the text particularly, but just to do drawings that I feel inspired to do based on the text. Um, okay. So, you know, because... I could literally have just drawn, you know, loads of places that he mentions and, but there were there's less emotional power. I mean, I would think I would have managed to capture some of the flavour of Barcelona and Connecticut and all that, but whether it would have the same emotional punch as I was trying to get at, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Because Philip had told me that, um, that you, you basically drew exactly the image <laughs> uh, that he had in mind, and yes. so it, that it, almost it was eerie. Did, did you know that? Yes, I know he said that to me. But, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I don't, you know, well, maybe, I mean, I have a, a Spanish side to my family, so um, I do know a lot of Spanish men. Um, so, some of the characters were kind of based, and, and I've made Spanish people have a particular kind of look that's different to Italians or, or French, so yeah. um, somehow but I think, managed to capture some of those characters that Philip had in his mind, I think. Yeah, but I think it was with, with everything, with the house, with, you know, oh, really? everything. Yeah, it was everything. It was... What he so what he was writing, <laughs> what he had in mind when he was writing, and and his writing is very lyrical. So it's not you know that there wasn't this um, you know complete description 
uh, as such. But uh, <laughs> I just find it when you when you look at your work because it has that emotional drive behind it, and it's very clear that you, um, yeah, that, that you're allowing yourself that like complete, you know, complete connection with words and with what the, the space around you, with everything around you, that you're able to just tap in to someone else's, to another creator's mind <laughs> and, and yeah, show, show what they, what they're able to show with words. I think that's a really incredible connection. And, and I, and I don't know if you, if you had that with, with Bruce, which is the other book that you've illustrated for, for, uh, for Backlash, but it certainly felt that way. And so what ends up happening when you, when you read the text is it has, it is given like an extra layer of, um, of beauty through, through your illustrations. Well, I think because I knew Philip that I had a connection, so I was able to tap into that in some way. Whereas with, with Bruce, I didn't, you know, I hadn't met him. I didn't have that connection so much. So it was harder to get into his, his mind and, you know, reflect what he was feeling, I suppose. Right. <clears throat> okay. Well, it feels like you, you were able to do that <laughs> quite well. Um, so I'm just going through. So I guess the last thing I, I want to know is what you're working on now and how has, I mean, how has isolation and lockdown changed what you're doing apart from not having the, the, the notebooks, but has it changed your your focus on your right or on your um, drawing at all? Well, I think so. Just before, I mean, actually during this month, I was supposed to be having this exhibition called Wilderness Drawings, right? Um, and they it was basically places that I've visited in the world where I've done drawings, um, and places that I feel that are in danger of being lost in some way. Um, and I think it's because it's, in a way, it's the complete opposite of a lockdown. It's, you know, it's being out in the world and experiencing nature and not sitting at home watching Netflix. Um, so, it's a, yeah, I feel like it's my... I find it quite therapeutic to be working on those drawings because they're, they're kind of antithesis of what's going on. And whereabouts in the world are so, there? So every summer we tend we tend visit my partner's um, family in Canada, and one of his closest friends has a cabin up in the wilderness so we go there and spend at least a week there so I always take a sketchbook with me and do some drawings um, but also I've been to California quite a lot and I love you know the whole national parks Yosemite and Yellowstone and um, Mojave Desert I, you know it just they, I find that kind of wilderness very moving um, because I always feel in the UK, it's um, everything's been farmed and tamed to an extent. Even the South Downs where we live is only that way because it used to be forests and then the sheep 
you know, all the farmers have their sheep on the downs and eventually the trees disappear. So it's a man-made landscape, whereas I feel like in the States particularly you can go to a wilderness and it's genuinely as nature intended. Um, mm. uh, so I just really wanted to do a few drawings to celebrate my feelings about wilderness. Well, and how does, that's an interesting idea, because what I always find, going back to the States, is that there's there's danger in the wilderness, you know, yeah. uh, which I didn't until, well, I've lived here for almost 20 years, but until um, I'd come away from it and then gone back and revisited, I didn't really appreciate um that it was that it that it is you know vast and enormous and there yeah. are lots of like animals and it, over here it is it's very um, it's very tame the wilderness yeah. here and 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 during lockdown like I really I actually really crave the like the vast expanses that yeah. America has and just the sense of you know being almost like you can you can just get lost in in the enormity yeah. of it yes absolutely um and then there's that there's that element of of danger and risk associated with you know going into the wilderness of america which i which i really appreciate so i guess i it's it's, I get I guess well because most of my family live over there still um, is the sense of not being able to visit them even if I wanted to but yeah but yeah but yeah definitely missing just the idea of wilderness uh, as accessible to me yes. when it isn't um, so does that change? Like in the morning, we took the dog out for a walk and walked to the top of the dams. And we must have seen, I don't know, 50 people on route. You know, yeah. All doing the same walk. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's what I like, I suppose, about the big national parks in the States is that you can escape from. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, if here you might come across like a badger, but that's about it. <laughs> there's, no, <laughs> there's no real risk. <laughs> you can't get lost for days or <laughs> come across a mountain lion. Okay, well, I would love to see um, your drawings from Wilderness. Where were they going to be exhibited? Um, so there was, there's a, a, a place, a cafe called Backwood, um, which is just off the London Road, um, and it's kind of recycled and reclaimed and re-everything. Um, it's nice. a very nice space. They have a very nice gallery space, so it's going to be there for the, mm -hmm. for during the festival, basically, the month of May. Okay. But, yeah, that's all cancelled now. Is it, is it cancelled, cancelled, or is it just put on, um, put on the back burner, going to... Well, yes, I mean, yeah, hopefully... Maybe at some point during the summer when it's all, this is all back out again, that hopefully I'll be able to stage it. Yeah. Well, let me know because I probably. think probably <laughs> it will have more meaning after <laughs> after isolation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, that sense of wilderness will have a greater appreciation for it. Okay, Robert. Well.
thank you so much for letting me have a sneak peek into your sketchbook. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I have as well. I didn't think I'd like talking about what I do, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, your drawings are really beautiful. <laughs>